Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is an special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Yannin's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up. But it's Don. not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. The one of your show is number one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to ENN. Ray Row. Huh? I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Michael. Nuts are locked up. And I'd also like to say good evening to Don. Don't get me started. But you know what? Get me started. <laughs> that was. Who was I thinking? That was so pro Don. I I absolutely loved that. I I thought Don that was it was so you Don, at your finest. That's what you have to do on a talk show is get started. Right. Especially at, first, at the start. But you just said the generic line that we often say of "Don't get me started." But like, yeah, the whole point of the show is to get started. That's right. Um, let's say good evening to Don again. I'm sick and tired of sports. <laughs> that's not a good thing to say. That that's for the record. I I understand that you feel done. Um, and and let's say good evening to the play-by-play guys at that college. Oh no, no, it was the Cleveland Browns, wasn't it? <laughs> I think that's my friend Nate Segura of <laughs> ESPN. Wow. And uh, good evening to Ian Eagle. What is happening here? I love him. Very, very good stuff. Now, we're going to get back to the football of it all. But let's uh, let's start with the baseball of it all. Yesterday, uh, not a great outing from Chris Bassett. Um, three and two-thirds, five hits, five earned runs. Not what you want. Mets lose 5-2 to the Cubs. Let's hear from Chris Bassett on his rough start. Just a start. I mean, that's it. Wasn't locating. I mean, not trying to make this a bigger deal than what it is. I mean, a bad start. Obviously, uh, this entire game's on me. It's unfortunate. I just work my butt off and go to the next one. Love this guy. What, what do you he like went his... through last year? Great mm-hmm. pickup by the Mets. He's a big reason they're in first place. Love him. They're going to need him. Walker has not been great. If everything everything lines up, Michael, he's your game three starter. Yep, currently I feel with, comfortable with it. Currently, uh, three four four ERA for Bassett. He's thirteen and eight. Um, WHIP of one point one five. Um, hundred fifty five strikeouts. Yeah, he's been a nice piece for them. And you would imagine, Don. Yeah, he's in that three spot. That's it. You should not hound Bassett. He's that good. Wow, that was really <laughs> horrible. Oh, oh man. <laughs> You should not hound Bassett. Wow. Roll that around. Now, they don't give these jobs to chimps. No, they don't. No, well, no, maybe they, they should have there. You're, you're not an NFL head coach, for God's sake. Um, let's hear from uh, our friend Mike Tannenbaum. He was on with uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. 
And he talked about Robert Sala's comments on our show yesterday, um, the keeping of receipts. Let's hear Tannenbaum. For a guy that says to ignore the noise, he's listening to every bit of it. I would sit him down and say, don't read anything, don't listen to anything. What you need to worry about, the Baltimore Ravens came into that stadium without their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, their best running back, J.K. Dobbins, without a really good corner, Marcus Peters. They made no excuses and won the game. And if Coach Parcells was coaching at Robert Sala right now, he would say one thing to him, no one cares, just go win football games. And you haven't done enough of it. And as a leader, that was not what he needed to do. When you're a leader, you take all the blame and you you deflect the praise and put it on your shoulders and convince those men in the room when they come in on Wednesday morning that we have a real chance to win the next week. See, I, I think Tannenbaum's playing checkers and Salah's playing chess because he's trying to motivate his team with this stuff. That's what he's doing. Everybody's against us. Nobody believes no. in us. Let's go. Let's prove them wrong. I know, but it, it, it's, again, he's got every right to do it, and it's not the end of the world by any stretch, but it does amp things up. From a pressure standpoint, you know, and it's isn't it kind of early for this? Doesn't don't you sense some panic in him that after a loss to the Baltimore Ravens that this is what you're doing to get your team pumped up? And by the way, your starting quarterback's still not going to be back for the next couple of weeks. Well, here's a question I'll ask you, Don: How big is the difference between panic and the much better sounding sense of urgency? Because don't you want him to have a sense of urgency? No, but, yeah, I, you, of course there's always should be a sense of urgency just based on the fact that he's 4-15 and 15 as a head coach in the National Football, 4-14 and 14 as a coach well, in and, the and NFL. Well, and the fan base shouldn't, doesn't deserve right. to wait around forever. Right, but now, now he's kind of, if you want to say he's put a target on himself and all that, but now it's, all right, that receipts thing is now going to become a thing. And usually you do these things when you've got a very winnable game on your schedule where you could say, hey, it's worked. They could work their tail off against Cleveland and still lose that game. So so how is that going to age those comments? What do you think the back page of the post is going to be Monday if they lose to Cleveland? It'll be some other facsimile of him holding up receipts. Or, Where are your receipts now? You know If they end if they end up two and fifteen, the the last home game they will be throwing C V S receipts. Yeah. On the, and it'll look like it'll look like New Year's Eve. And he's created or a tape parade. He's created something because what he did was th- he threw out a guarantee, we're going to turn it around. All right, well, do you really want to put that pressure on yourself when you're at Cleveland, home against Cincinnati, before you even get your starting quarterback back? That's Yeah, it. maybe he does. All right, well, it, it, it's it's adding another layer of pressure. Now, listen, it, it now works the other way too, right? They go to Cleveland and win the game, then there's going to be a lot of praise thrown at him. But – Ultimately, it's not about one week or two weeks. It's what what happens at the end of the season. And remember, everybody, you can hear Robert Sala here exclusively every Monday. Right. Right around 3.30 to 4, right in that general vicinity. We'll, uh, we'll see what he has to say. Uh, Ray also. Rowe. I'll tell you who has to be thrilled with him it is us. Oh, yeah. He's a must-listen now. I, I wasn't exactly counting down to our conversation with yeah. him on Monday. And he brought it. So you, you now have lapsed into Don's club, guest or whack. Not oh, guest or whack. I'm into the um, coaches are whack. You know, we have Dan Orlovsky tomorrow, and he's going to preen and brag about telling you the Giants are going to win. Well, that, that he deserves to. We're going to get to Dan Orlovsky actually in a second. He said something Ooh. interesting about the Giants today. But Interesting. But let's, let's hear from Bart 
Bart Scott on Barton Hahn earlier, his reaction to Salah's comments. What he's saying is, y'all miserable about everything around here. Miserable because your rent's too high. It ain't got nothing to do with that. I ain't got nothing to do with the damn 10 years. I got here to do what I got to do now, and I'm building towards that. And if you don't see it, I don't give a damn. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you can cut me, fire me, wherever you want. I'm going to get my check. And I'm not concerned with your opinions because they don't matter to me. Because guess what? You know, if you know my opinions don't, don't matter, then why matter. the hell are you addressing them? Why are you matter. keeping receipts? Why keep receipts if my opinion doesn't matter? Because I'm letting you know. And he wasn't talking to the fans. When he said I'm keeping receipts, he's talking about the rich Saminis of the world that never had nothing positive to say, that's always lightweight hating, and then you want to come in and get an exclusive. Excuse me, can I talk to Quentin Williams today? No! Excuse me, when we start balling out, can I talk to Zach Wilson so I can try and sell something to Clout Chase and make some money on my radio station or make some money in my paper? No! When I say receipts, that's the receipts I'm talking about. When you want to blatantly hate, don't come back. That's what I mean. Keep that same energy when we start balling, and you need us because you can't have it both ways. It's one thing to be critical. It's one thing to be a natural-born hater and try and make me the butt of your jokes. Ugh. It's, See, the, it's the, a bunch the, of nonsense. This, the, I mean, and one party made sense at the beginning. Then and you then, lost me. I mean, Rich Samini is just reporting what's happening. They stink. But, They've stunk for 30 years. Of course, Rich, Rich Samini doesn't have much to write about. But, so you can't expect him to be a pom-pom waiver. I'm sorry. And this isn't Bart Scott, the former player, now you know executive at Apple. He's in the media. Right, and his job is to give opinions. So, like every time somebody criticizes a four and fourteen coach, they're hating on Robert Sala. They're reporting on the facts. The team's the, the team stunk last year. It's off to a rough start this year. You know, and I I don't I think he used Samini as just somebody that he remembers from when he played. So I don't know if he's specifically talking about Rich. But for the sake of argument, he threw Rich out there. Rich is doing his job. You think Rich is hating for the sake of hating, or is he just reporting on what he sees? Whether the team goes to the Super Bowl or goes 0 for 17, he's going to keep showing up. That's why I don't think it was about the the, the media, Michael. The, the media jumped ship. The, the media's they still have a job to do. They still got to cover the team. I think it was just as much about the fans. Always being negative. And saying he doesn't care, Robert Sala sounded like a guy that really cared. You don't keep receipts if you don't care. Uh, people are saying that Bart explained on the show that he does have a thing with Samini specifically. Well, what is it? I don't. I, I can't tell you that. I did not listen to the program today. So he's well, okay with Brian Costello, but not with Samini. Don't know if he specifically talked about Costello. But I, again, I don't. I don't know his personal relationship with Rich. I've known Rich for got over 20 years salt of the earth you know okay. whether it's the daily news whether it's espn peter's job is to cover this team yeah and he's asking for interviews with zach wilson no matter how the team's playing and it's not he's right? not he's not asking for an interview with zach wilson to get hits his boss is telling him i want a profile on zach wilson or i've got to talk to the quarterback of the team like so they make it seem like we in the media are just like we're shopping like oh, i'm gonna go shop at the jets today and i'm gonna go and want to talk to the coach and the wide receiver we're doing our jobs when I, when I covered a team, and I covered the Giants in 99, I covered the Jets in 2000, and eventually became the pre- and post guy. I went there because it was my job, and I interviewed the players that were important to interview, whether it was a win or a loss. I, I didn't have the choice, Peter, of, all oh, the Jets lost, so I'm just not going to go today. I got a job to do. I got to go. And if that means going to the Super Bowl or my job ending after week 18, I'm just doing my job. Well, is this college where it's supposed to wave pom-poms and come in with a jet jersey and cover the team? Well, that, Sorry, I, that's not the way it works. That's that's what I think all the time, though. 
a, a lot of guys get that the 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 people who are there every day the beat reporters it's like because they're reporting on a team being bad the players internalize as it it being hate and then when the team's playing well and what's being written about them is positive they intern they internalize that is now they're jumping on the bandwagon could it be that they're just writing about the facts Peter, when you're bad, articles feel a lot better than when you're good. This isn't rocket science. Peter, I'm living it. If I say that Josh Donaldson, I shouldn't say Josh, any any player, is 0 for 32, they don't like that. I'm not a, I'm not opining that he's 0 for 32. I'm saying he has no hits and has like 32 bats. Believe me, it gets up to me that they didn't like it. They don't like that. So they want, they think it. that if you're a, a team broadcaster – you should be a pom-pom waiver. And yeah. I think the same thing about newspaper but, writers. But think about how weak that would be, Michael. Like, if we did what, what Bart Scott and what Sala's suggesting, like, you're either in or out. If you're, if you're not with us, you're against us. You know, get get off the bandwagon. But Rich Samini rips the team. And guess where Rich Samini is the next day, or right after the game, in the locker room, talking to, about the, talking to the players that he ripped. That, that's, that's doing your job. That's manning up in the situation, isn't it? Rather yep. than ripping them from afar and never walking in the room. Like, so they, they, there are plenty of columnists, Michael, that do that. They'll never walk and, in a room and, and rip you. And radio talk shows. Right, and, 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 and that's not right either. But, but for the beat people, the people like for the Rich Saminis of the world, he's a guy that might have a, an unflattering thing to say about the coach. Guess where he's going to be the next time the coach speaks? Right. Sitting right there at the podium asking him questions, doing his job. And if Rich didn't do that, he wouldn't be doing his job. And wouldn't that be weaker, Peter, if he ripped him from afar and didn't show up after ripping into him and only showing up after wins and only showing up when you're praising him? Come I've on, had man. Players, I've had players when a team is not playing well, right, and I pretty much say what the team is doing wrong or whatever, and, you know, they've gotten one win in the last 15 games. Said players will go to an organization. Go, Why is he on the team playing if he's not if he's not with us? But you know, but honestly, Michael, that kind of makes more sense than ripping the beat guys. Like I don't agree with that, but I can understand a player going, "Well, he get he's he's calling our games. He's on the plane with us. Why is he ripping into us?" But but even if it, nobody the, people don't like to hear the truth if it's not good I don't rip no. into anybody I no, see I know um, it's facts but uh, he's two for his last seventy two they don't want to hear that but you see what I'm saying Peter that if like you can understand a player saying well geez he he's talking about us and you know I thought he works for us I thought he was one of us I thought he was on our team not understanding the situation but do you really think somebody that works for the Daily News or ESPN or the New York Post is is on the Jets or the Giants or are they just doing their job? Rich Samini has probably covered more putrid teams than anybody in the history of newspapers in the city. If you consider how many times yeah. the Jets have been bad. And, and, and let me ask you, Michael, do you think he wants to cover a team that's 4 and, and, and no, 13 or a team so that's going to the Super Bowl? Fun, so much more fun to cover a team that's doing well. People are happier. Now, they're more accessible. They give better quotes. People are angry when they lose. Now, I don't think he's rooting either way. He's just He's just trying to tell you what he sees. But, my God, at least with the Yankees, Michael, if they're complaining about getting ripped, well, they're, they're an outstanding team. What exactly over the last 12 years has Rich Samini had positive to report about this team? They haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. They've had only one winning, winning record in 12 years, three different general managers, four different head coaches. I, so what exact, what yarn should he be spinning positive here? 
there's not a lot of you, you know, there's not enough yarn. Ah, and I'm I'm just surprised by Bart because now his job is to give opinions. So is Bart not giving his opinion then? I want unfiltered opinion. And then there's accountability afterward. Like, uh, we have opinions. If we're right, Peter, we come on. 3 o'clock the next day, I'm going to be on the air. Let's, let's speaking of unfiltered opinions, Garbage. let's hear Dan Orlovsky uh, talking Saquon and his performance on that game-winning two-point conversion. RC, my dog, let me ask you this. When you're drafted number two in the draft, why are you drafted number two overall like Saquon Barkley was? Go beyond the X's and O's. You got to go be special. <laughs> you got to go make a special play. Green, the Tennessee Titans won this rep. Yeah. They should win this football game because their defense. This is the first time in a long time that New York Giants fans get to watch their player go be special and make a play above the X's and O's. Credit Brian Dable with the seed planting and getting that easy mm. touchdown throw for Brian or for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. But Saquon Barkley was drafted number two to go be special and do something that the coaches can't. He finally did it, and they get a win on the road. So his dog spoke English? RC? Yeah. Yeah, RC is his dog. Oh, oh, you like Ryan Clark? You're not. You're oh, not joking. I, I thought he meant wow. D-O-G, So you're seeing D A W G. Got but, it. Oh, Don, boy. Don, was he joking there? I think he was serious. No, I was serious. I thought he was home and he was holding his dog up. I didn't know he called now, Ryan Clark his dog. His dog. Uh, now, yeah. should he? Probably not. Did he? Absolutely, he did. Well, now I now I'm educated. It was uh, awkward. I'm, it was. I'm illuminated. Um, uncomfortable, but he did it. Wait, what, calling him my dog? Yeah, it just it, it was weird. But to think that he was holding a dog—I would do that with butter. Uh, my my dog butter, right? Well, that would be yeah, that would be true too. Um, the butter is in fact your your dog. So mm-hmm. back to the Seattle Denver game. Is, is Bear leaning anyway on a pick this week? Because he started started off red hot. Well, he's killing Mister Bruni. Let's be honest. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was. You know, Bear's got Bruni's number right now, so. But he's not killing Booney. He's killing Bruni. No, he's tied with Booney. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what Bear brings to the table this week. Um, here's he's what also sound- killing his his master. Here's what yeah, that no no well yeah 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 percentage wise he's he's beating them. <laughs> so um, his dog spoke English. <laughs> so here's what it sounded like when Russell Wilson first ran on the field last night in Seattle. There really is something about Seattle. It must be all the coffee shops because they are the loudest city in the world. The games at the Kingdom in 95, I still have ear problems because of that. They are loud. It was that crazy, huh? Mariano Rivera once told me the loudest and meanest people are the Seattle fans when when you warm up in the bullpen. Hmm. I thought the Blue Jays fans. No, that could be the uh, extra alcohol in the beer. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a reason for everything because every every block there's some kind of coffee shop. Yeah, but in, in Seattle, how is that any different than anywhere else? No, it's more in Seattle. It's more concentrated, and I think that's where Starbucks started. No, no that I is understand. Where, uh, that but is where Starbucks might as well started here. I mean, I could I could throw a rock and hit two Starbucks literally. But you're not a Starbucks guy. You're you're a Dunkin' guy. Well, I'm I'm a Dunkin' guy. But I'm a proximity guy as well, and there's a there's a tremendous uh, Starbucks right down in the lobby. 
that I will go down and get it during a commercial break. No, yeah. You know what I've never understood either? What's go that? Ahead. Why people sit there in the, with their computer in a Starbucks? Why? Do you not like being lonely at home? It's, it's, it's the genius marketing of Starbucks. Because if I owned a Starbucks, I'd say, out, buy something or get out. No, no. That, Don't that write be, a book here, okay? If you're going to sit cool. here for an hour, then I want six, seven no, cups no. of coffee. You're, this is foolhardy. The, <laughs> the reason you're not a businessman, you're not understanding what they've done, okay? <laughs> Starbucks, let's be real, guys, it's McDonald's. It is, it is Roy Rogers. It is Arby's. It is a straight-up fast food restaurant. Yet, it is completely acceptable to plan a business meeting at a Starbucks. Hey, can you meet me for a chat? Yeah, just let's stop by the Starbucks and blah, blah. It, Don, can you ask someone to meet you at McDonald's for a business chat? Sure you could. No, but you don't. You could, it, but you don't. You don't. You never would. And Starbucks is a completely normal place to meet someone for a serious conversation. They've cultivated that. And now people go there who might not normally be going there. Right. But, to, but to here's my question. If, forget about, like, meeting somebody. You see people with a laptop sit there for hours. That, Don't you have a home? That's a good point. You're loitering at this point, right? I mean, come on. Go home. Get your I'm coffee. Buying coffee. Go home. I'm wasting money Go to work you. or whatever. Go to the park. And now they got the Wi-Fi. I guess the idea is that after you finish that coffee, you'll get another one. Sure. Or I'll get the coffee and leave. But if I'm going to stay, I'll get the Danish Maybe I'll buy the banana for later. You know, so I think, listen, uh, whatever they're doing, it's working. The Greek yogurt. Yeah. So the overpriced uh, deli meats with cheddar cheese and and two crackers. Yeah. Listen, obviously they're doing it for a reason. And it doesn't interfere. It's not like they're online. They're not bothering you. But but honestly, I want everyone out there listening to to us right now to think about it. Think about how your brain processes seeing a Starbucks versus how your brain processes seeing every other fast food restaurant. To me, Don, I don't know how you feel, It my my brain takes it in a completely different way. I do not see Subway, Wendy's, McDonald's when I see Starbucks. I, I, it's, it's very strange. There, It's, it's brilliant. Um, so back to Seattle. DK Metcalf was asked by a fan to, after the game, to sign... A, to autograph a sign that said, let's cook Russ. And here's what happened. What's up, bro? We signed this sign? Yeah. Cook Russ. Let's cook Russ. There's oh, locker right there. I can't sign it, man. Hey, it's locker right there. I can't sign it, man. I respect it. Yes, I respect it, too. That, that's, that's your teammate. You don't need to sign on something that's personally an attack on him. Now. Because the players understand something the fans don't, Peter, and that it's all business. Right. But the fans take it personal. Hey, you used to be a Seahawk. Now you could have retired a Seahawk, and now you're going to go try to win a Super Bowl in Denver. But the players the part get it. I can't get past on, and I've gotten a lot of people disagreeing with me on Twitter because I, I tweeted about it, and people are saying, "No, what are you talking about? They're supposed to boo him. He's the enemy now." I get it. When the game starts, you boo him. Don, this is a guy who, no matter how awkward he may have been, literally ended every presser with "Go Hawks." Like, he did everything you wanted him to do. Right. He really did. So, to welcome him back with just a few cheers so, before you boo him, to me, was the but move. why no video tribute? Like, why is the organization being that way? Why are they being petty? All right, the fans, they're fanatics. But the organization couldn't give him a you, tribute you know, video? You know what we should get? We should get Mina Kimes tomorrow and ask her about that. Now, football's not like the other sports. There's something... 
different about a game of football. Like, do you think basketball, hockey, and baseball kind of lends to the tribute video? Like football, everything is so much different and hype. But I would just think the game's on Monday night. You could have had ESPN play it on television as well. Uh, the whole reason that game is on Monday night football, Peter, is because Russell Wilson's going back to Seattle. And and the, and the organization doesn't acknowledge him. Pete Carroll saying, I'm going to leave it up to the fans instead of saying something really nice about Russell and saying they should cheer him. He, he won a Super Bowl championship for me, for us. So I, there might be a little bit more animosity within the organization that the fans are feeding off of that maybe we don't realize because we're not there. Now, the one thing that people were talking about more than Russell Wilson last night was the decision by Nathaniel Hackett to kick a 64-yard field goal instead of having Russell Wilson go for it on fourth and five. Here's Hackett today. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Just not, you know, one of those things. You look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. We were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards. To be able to, getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. And then you hit the mark. I love what he did. I I completely disagree. Wow, look at you. Uh, you're asking players to be to to be accountable. How is that how does that hurt your leadership when you hold yourself accountable? Now you can go into that room and look at those players and say, "Now I want you to hold yourself accountable when you make a mistake because I'll do it. I'm never going to ask you to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself." Isn't that true leadership than some pompous arrogant we're moving on the cincinnati or being uh i'd do it again come on that's 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 arrogance that's false bravado he's a human being made a mistake owned it tell me that everybody in that room doesn't appreciate that come on i i, I hear you um let's hear from uh the aforementioned uh rc ryan clark so his uh, dog spoke english yeah let's hear from ryan clark he was talking about English. Hackett being wrong to not give Russell Wilson a chance. I'm not paying $256 million uh-huh. to kick a 64-yard field goal mm-hmm. on fourth and five with a minute left. You. you go out and you get Russell Wilson for the first reason because eventually you expect to win a championship. Mm-hmm. But you get him for those moments. You get him to be in Seattle where you just got him from with an opportunity on fourth down to show you why he believes he's one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you have to give Russell Wilson that chance. Imagine walking back into the locker room in Seattle after Russell Wilson has gotten you fourth and five, then put you in field goal position to win a game when you don't play well. Right. I think that was the moment where guys needed to be able to walk into the locker room and say, oh, we got one. Mm-hmm. It's no more Teddy. It's no more Drew. We have a guy that can take us to the promised land. And Nathaniel Hackett stole that moment for him. It was an interesting choice. Very interesting choice. 64-yard field goal. I mean – Don, you, how long have you been watching football? More than 40 years, right? 40. How many, in those 40 years, how many field goals beyond 60 yards have you seen? Well, think about it, all right? What is it, like Jason Elam? Big leg, Denver, yep. high thin, altitude. Thin air. The, um, and, the, and the Dempsey kick, which was forever the longest field goal. Mm-hmm. 63? Yeah, not to be insensitive, it's fact. He had a club foot. Which I always wondered, like, did nobody question that, like, maybe 
that led to him kicking a 63-yard field goal because he had half a foot. So he had like a prosthetic or something that might have made the, made the ball go farther. I don't know. But the point is it's usually very unusual circumstances. Like, like I said, if that's Justin Tucker and they're in Denver, I might think it's a reasonable tr- shot. He's the best kicker in the game, big leg, high altitude. A kicker that was like, what, 1-8 and eight in, in field goals, 60 or more in Seattle. Um, he had the leg, but just was, it was wide. But And I got Russell Wilson, a Hall of Famer. Fourth and five. Oof. I don't know. Yeah, and the thing is, you drop Russell Wilson in shotgun, let him take a look. Now, listen, he, maybe he just didn't have confidence in his offensive line, but, no, uh, man, Russell Wilson's the definition of I'd, I'd assume I'm going to see him pick up the first down on fourth and five. And that still doesn't explain why, like, 30 seconds ebbed away. Like, right. you know, I'm sorry. Russell Wilson's my best chance to convert a fourth and five. And remember, those numbers, the 30% to try the field goal, the 29% to win going for it on fourth and five, were based on 20 seconds remaining. Because even if they convert the fourth and five, it's still like a 58, 57-yard field goal if they just get the first down. So that's why the odds aren't. But if, but if he called timeout with, like, 50 seconds left? Right. Then there would have been way more time and, and plenty of timeouts yep. to be able to get closer to, to win the game. Let's take a break. Uh, on you the other know. side, I want to tell tell you guys some uh, pretty big NFL injury updates. And uh, yeah. also, uh, we got to tell the story of how one NFL legend may be one of the worst people of all time. <laughs> we'll do that next. This is ENN on the K Show on Yes and 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Happy birthday, Nas. How old? Uh, let me guess. 34. What? I don't know. I, I don't know who he is. I've heard the name. He, what, you're aware that he his, his debut album regarded by many as the greatest rap album of all time came out in april 94 i wouldn't know that as you well, said as i'm you helping know. you out no i don't know. but if april 94 was his debut album then that would be uh, very difficult for him to be 34 <laughs> uh, i agree I, I don't know i don't know the man i've heard the name He's, he he is uh his birthday is of tomorrow and he he will be uh 48 years old so he'll be 49 tomorrow okay well happy birthday you you really should partake in some Nas. I don't know. I'm thinking, I think I'm good. I I mean that's really it's honestly saying you're good on Nas is is borderline the equivalent of like I'm good on the Rolling Stones. Or like, you know, the well, Who. No, not if but I wouldn't say that to somebody who's not a rock fan. Yeah, but if you said to someone you're who's a not rock a huge... fan, I'm not necessarily a rap. I mean, my my knowledge of of rap is like all all the old school late eighties early nineties stuff, like Ice T, Ice Cube, Wu Tang. I mean, that, that's 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 borderline this this era. 
I mean, he came out in ninety. His, he, he debuted yeah. in ninety two. But I, I, I listen. I, I, I'm not. I couldn't really give you much information on Puff Daddy or P Diddy or whatever he's going by at this point. Yeah, love. He's going by love. <laughs> yes, but I know he exists. All right, l- let's get to um, a few things here. Do uh, it. Some updates. Uh, Dak Prescott will not go on the IR, according to Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan. Um, he did undergo surgery on Monday. Has a great chance, according to Jerry, of returning within four games. Well, that's Origi- different than what was originally prognosticated. Yeah, they were saying six to eight. Uh, I, I, I have to imagine, Don, there is a lot of pressure on Dak and, and that medical staff to get him back and not throw away the season. I, I don't think Cooper Rush is, to, is taking you to a championship. All due respect. I think that's about due respect. I'm praying I get Cooper Rush week week four. Totally changes your outlook. Well, listen, I team. mean, that's why Giant fans are excited, right? You got a winnable game against Carolina, although I'm going to pump my brakes on anything necessarily being winnable for the Giants. And then you've got uh, the, the Cowboys on – Monday night football, no Dak, and then Chicago. Like So we were talking they've got to go 2-2. Two and two. Well, after a win against Tennessee and now possibly playing Dallas without Dak, you know, I think the Giant fans are thinking 3-1, and one, but I saw the first half of the Giant game, so I, I know yeah, what they're capable of, what's of doing. <laughs> so good news for Steelers fans. Shouts to Danny on Long Island. Uh, yeah. T.J. Watt's injury outlook is better than they expected after the game. Um, he ruled him out on Sunday against the Patriots, but beyond that, did not have an answer. And uh, speaking of those Steelers, Najee Harris will play on Sunday. So if you were a Steelers fan on Sunday, Don, you you were miserable. Um, it looks like things will be okay there. Of course, they ended up managing to pull out that. Well, that's big. That victory on Sunday against Cincinnati. Um. Keenan Allen of the Chargers, likely out against the Chiefs for you fantasy fans. And lastly, Tom Brady's uh, marriage to Giselle is said to be, quote, very rocky over his decision to unretire. But she gave an interview to Elle magazine and said a lot of interesting things, including, I've done my part, which is to be there for Tom. I moved to Boston. And I focused on creating a cocoon and a loving environment for my children to grow up in and be there supporting him and his dreams. She also went on to say, though, everyone has to do what's right for them. So Mm. things remain a bit murky in the Brady household. I don't know when you're married with children, Peter, and just married. You know, you're not making a lot of decisions that are just, oh, it's right for me. All right, well. You're married. You got you got a family. You got to do what's right for everyone. She Just said, that's "Obviously, the way it works." I have my concerns. It's a very violent sport. I have my children. I would like him to be more present. I've definitely had those conversations with him over and over again. But ultimately, I feel that everybody has to make a decision that works for them. He needs to follow his joy too. Mm, I know. Listen, I can't get inside his head. He got. You got seven Super Bowl championships. You're you're a walking Hall of Fame bust. Do you, did you you need to go one more year if it means issues at home? Yeah, I, I said I, we're all part of you're you're going to be you know part of a family. Although once you're engaged, you're you're it's happening, right? But you know you have a family. There's not a lot of things you do. Although I, I got to do this. Does does one more year of football, Peter? 
Oh, I, I, w- I wouldn't put my marriage in jeopardy for it. Now, yeah. having a career, doing something like really earth-shattering, let's say he had never won a Super Bowl and this team looks like it's ready to win, there's there's a sliding scale. But None of those are what the situation is, though. Yeah, and this None. situation looks it, – it, is it wrong to say kind of gratuitous to play one more season? No, no, that's, that's fair, and that will do it for ENN on this Tuesday evening. Your phone calls next at 1-800-919-3776, plus the great Dan Grossa right here on 98.7. Thank you, Don, ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoons starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.